This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Diving into hour two, Sportsnet today is on the air. Coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Downtown Studios. Logan Gordon along with you. Cam and Taylor outstanding production team this afternoon. Getting you set on a Flames game day. Third meeting of the year between the Calgary Flames and the Vegas Golden Knights. Last met back on February 23rd in Las Vegas, a 4-3 overtime win. Vegas coming in tonight on a four-game winning streak. 7-2-1 in their last 10. They are the top team in the Western Conference. That four-game winning streak wins over Tampa Bay, Carolina, St. Louis, and most recently against the Philadelphia Flyers. Your expected goaltender tonight is Jonathan Quick, formerly of the LA Kings. He's got a 4-0 record as a member of the Golden Knights. Expecting Jacob Markstrom to get the start in goal for the Calgary Flames. Flames coverage starts at 7 o'clock tonight. Pat Steinberg and Peter Labardius have your Flames warm-up. Derek Wills and Lou with the call of the Flames and the Golden Knights right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan just after... 8 o'clock. Goes without saying, another important game for the Calgary Flames. If they want to make a playoff push here. Not sure what to expect, what's fair to expect of this group tonight. It's been a, a roller coaster even the last couple of weeks. Really, the most consistent player for the Calgary Flames has been Jacob Markstrom. And as we know, he can't put the puck in the net, at least not uh, in any fun way, like different goalies have done with empty netters this year. That's up to his teammates, and the consistency for that has been inconsistent at best. Flames with uh, 30, 24, and 14 record coming into tonight. That's good for 74 points in 68 games. Winnipeg holds the final wild card spot in the standings as of today. They've got 79 points in 68 games themselves. The Predators are ahead of the Flames in the standings by one point, but also hold three games in hand. And Nashville on a three-game winning streak of their own. Flames have some demons to snap here um, in Vegas. We talked about this last time ahead of this February game. Flames still have not won in Las Vegas in eight attempts since the expansion franchise entered the league in 2017-2018 and overall just hold a 5-10-1 record against Vegas. In Vegas, it's an 0-7-1 record. They've scored 11 goals. They've given up 34. The power play operates at 10.5%. The penalty kill at just 72.7%. And this is a Vegas team that has surprised a lot of people given that they've lost Mark Stone, at least for the remainder of the regular season, they've been red hot since the All-Star break. 
In fact, they hold the best record in the NHL post-All-Star break. They are 13-2-2. That's an 8-24 win percentage. That's better than the Kings. That's better than the Bruins. Better than the Devils. Better than the Minnesota Wild. Almost doubling up their opponents in goals. They've outscored their opponents 61-38 to since the All-Star break. They're also back atop the Pacific Division. A place that they've been a lot since they came into the league in 2017-2018. Key for the Flames tonight, uh, keeping the Vegas Golden Knights off of the score sheet. This year's edition of the Vegas Golden Knights, a perfect 31-0-0 when scoring four or more goals this season. That's close to an NHL record. Uh, The 2016-2017 Penguins hold the all-time record for most wins without a loss or tie when scoring four or more goals in a season. 2016-2017 Penguins won 37 games that year. Vegas will be hard-pressed to catch that record, but for sure, uh, it looks like if you're giving up four or more to Vegas this year, you are in trouble. The good news, though, when you keep them off the scoreboard, the Golden Knights just 11-20-6 when scoring three goals or less this season. So a big matchup for the Calgary Flames. We'll get you some Flames game day audio in just moments. I wanted to flash it back to earlier this morning uh, on the big show with Russick and Rose, joined by uh, Sportsnet analyst, former Calgary Flame Corey Sarich. Uh He joined the guys a little bit earlier today to talk about the last couple of weeks in particular for the Calgary Flames. And George uh, starts this, the conversation off with Corey here. Right around the time that Daryl Sutter made those comments about Jacob Pelche after his first NHL game. Remember the press conference? He pulled up the glasses and, you know, well, what number was Jacob? And read off his stat line, word for word, letter for letter. That rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And George sort of starts this clip off with Corey. It's a longer one about the team's mindset and where, you know, guys like Corey would react to, to things like that happening on the outside. Uh, of an NHL locker room and how maybe it's affected this Calgary Flames group as a whole. So here's Corey Sartz, former NHLer, former Calgary Flame uh, with Russick and Rose in the morning, just sort of chatting about some of those moments and how they might have affected the Calgary Flames this season. I actually got Sportsnet stats to look up some numbers. So I just want to share them with you and then get your opinion. Uh, Before that clip up to including that game, Flames were 22-16-9, 564 points percentage. Not great, but not terrible. 3.11 3.11 goals per game, 2.97 goals against, plus 7 goal differential, 20% on the power play, 82.7% on the PK. Since that clip, the team's 8-8-5, eight, eight, and five, 500 points percentage, 2.9 goals per game down, goals against, 3.14 up, goal difference, minus 5, 12 goal difference, almost 3%, 2.3% less on the power play, and at 17.7% and 79%. On the PK, the team has been worse since that clip. Do you think there's anything to that? Because if you were in the room and you heard the coach kind of unnecessarily taking a run at a young guy, how would you react to that, Corey? Well, I I didn't like it. Like first personally, just from the outside looking in, and then I don't know if if I was his teammate, I'd be even more rattled. Um, just it's such a big deal for a guy to play in their first NHL game. And to 
kind of brush it off. And like, I mean, Daryl has his time and his place when he needs to get a reaction from players and get something accomplished. But I just don't think that was the time or place. I mean, guys, the guy's family's watching, uh, all eyes are on him, making his debut. Like you, you treat those things with, I think the utmost respect, obviously the kids done something to earn his way there. So just kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Now, I don't know if that has, <laughs> hopefully Jacob Pelche is not the uh, root of all these numbers that we're talking about because uh, a lot of teammates in that room. And I think actually, you know what I think the numbers are a product of just lack of attention to detail this year. I mean, you can, you can say it's been scoring woes and bad goaltending, but this team has not been nearly as good all over the ice paying attention to the details when it comes to especially defense and then then offense. How much does that grind on guys, though, throughout the season, Corey? And especially with a guy, and again, this isn't a rip-on Daryl Sutter uh, segment, and absolutely not. The guy's the reigning Jack Adams Coach of the Year. The team had a fantastic season with Daryl Sutter behind the bench. But when something like that happens, how, how long does that reverberate? Not Maybe not reverberate, but how long does that stick around in, in the dressing room with the guys? Like how long? Like, do you think there's any cause that since that it's been this record and it's been this much mediocre play from a team that I think we can all agree on is playing under expectation? Huh? Maybe it's the straw, but it, it kind of you know broke the back. I I can only I can only relate to different situations I've been in. Like I can't say exactly what's going on in their dressing room, but just for an example, playing under John Tortorella, mm. he was exactly what we needed at exactly the right moment in time with the right amount of character that could handle them. We were a young group of guys that needed some direction. We needed a huge kick in the ass, and we needed someone to get us focused, and we needed someone to get rid of all the BS that surrounded the Tampa Bay Lightning at the time as far as, like, everyone thought we were a joke. Everyone thought we were a laughing stock, and he brought credibility to the organization. He brought work ethic. He brought culture and it was done and it was done John's way. And it was firm and perfect storm. Right. And then you, you look at, I, I think of my last year in Tampa, Oh six, Oh seven, we were a decent team, but we scrapped our way to like eight. And then we're ousted in the first round for the second year in a row. Guys that tuned him out guys like Brad Richard, some of our top players that he was constantly riding, couldn't take it anymore. They just had had enough. Um, other guys that we brought in to fill roles kind of didn't get it. They just, they, they, they didn't get where he was coming from. They thought he was way too hard, way too tough. And our team just didn't mesh with his co- style of coaching. So it wasn't long after that they were like looking for a replacement. So it run they run their it, coaches run their course. It depends on how they handle guys over time. Um, it even comes down to the smallest thing. Like Daryl's a great coach, but maybe he didn't handle that situation correctly. Hmm. Maybe he's got regrets on on what he did. Maybe it sent the wrong message. Maybe he's done that a few times this year. I mean, that could be years of of frustration as well when you have teams that have success and then all of a sudden you're dealing with one this year after last year that is is not performing up to potential probably makes some bad decisions too as a coach. So it's just, it's such a culmination and combination of 
everything that it, it it's hard to pinpoint, but I definitely think that the guys in the room are, are, are probably not paying as much attention to their coaches as you'd like and to get the success and whether or not that requires a change from, from one perspective to the other, or it's, it's, Let's let's just. I mean, I'm rambling on here, but let's look at a couple of the players in the room too. I said early at the start of the year, Jonathan Huberdeau coming in this year, this is going to be a shock to his system. Mm. Just playing in Canada first and foremost, in the pressure cooker that is the NHL in Canada over the U.S. And then you add in maybe a different style of coaching he's used to. That's a lot to deal with. What are some of the things on the ice or some of the signs that fans can look for? Uh, when they start to give up on the coach. And I'm not saying this team has done that, but you just talked about when, when you had your experience in Tampa Bay. What are some of the things you look for when you can kind of tell that players are starting to tune out a coach? Oh, geez, I don't know. Um, I feel like it's more stuff within the locker room than on the ice. Most guys, Most guys are pros, so they'll go after it the right way out on the ice. Like most guys are... You know, you're, you're not going to go out there. I've seen the odd guy pout and dog it a little bit, but how how would any fan know the difference from unless they're spending time with that person over and over? Like it, it would be so many subtle little things that you would see in their play, but I don't know if if fans would be able to like pinpoint. It. I don't. I don't. I don't know if there is a way. Um. I just feel like this team this year in the Calgary Flames has had to press right from the start because it hasn't gone their way. And because of having to press over and over and over, they've forgotten the little details of the game that make you successful. Like, again, last year the Calgary Flames moved up and down the ice as a five-man unit. Their neutral zone was great. They entered the zone and they pressured together. They the forwards came back in their own zone and they escaped easily and quickly to go in transition. And it's just been, you, you start to not have success at the start of the year as a hockey team. You start to press, you start to separate where forwards are cheating and leaving. Defensemen are jumping more often because they feel like they need to contribute. Everyone feels like they have to press, 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 especially because of the lack of offense. And it just opens up cracks and holes in your team. And I just think, part of the process has been has been lost as far as what gets you results in the NHL. That is former Flames defenseman, former NHLer Corey Sarich. He joined George and Matt on the Big Show this morning. You can find that full interview up on the Big Show podcast, wherever you get your podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, your favorite podcatchers for the full uh, 20 minutes or so with Corey this morning, but I thought that was just an interesting part of the interview that the guys got into and, you know, picking Corey's brain a bit on the NHL locker room mindset when things are going this way and when they haven't been going your way for the Calgary Flames for a long extended period of time, how do players react to a Daryl Sutter quote in the media? Even if it's not what he's saying in the locker room, does it rub guys the wrong way? Does it interfere with the process and everything else that you're trying to build as a team? He had some great things to say there too about, you know, the adjustment period for guys like Jonathan Huberto and 
Mackenzie Weger, Kadri, not necessarily excuses, but I think when you hear a guy like Corey who's been there and done that in the NHL, you can get a better sense of just how much is on the plate for some of these guys in year one of understanding a Canadian market, of coming in, and yes, it technically doesn't start till next year, but you've signed the biggest contract in Calgary Flames history, the expectations that come along with that. And whether they were fair or not, the expectation that you were automatically in this group a Stanley Cup contender and supposed to be better than the group that was here last year that had three, four, five seasons to grow together. That was all on their shoulders and has been on their shoulders all year long. Again, I'm not excusing the play. I'm just giving you somebody who would know. I don't know. I've never been in an NHL locker room with a team. Corey has. Corey's won Stanley Cups. Corey understands that side of the business a thousand times more than you and me will ever will ever do that. So that's why it's not an excuse when you hear it from Corey. That's just the reality of of what those guys are going through. And I think sometimes it's important to get that perspective and to get that view from guys who have been there. Again, can they be better? Of course they can be better. There's there's no doubt in my mind that along with those three guys, Uyghur, Kadri, there's plenty of other guys who could be better this year. Elias Lindholm is not new to Calgary. He's not new to the expectations with this group. Does he have new line mates and new things to figure out? Sure. But I think it's fair to say he could be a better, more consistent member of the Calgary Flames. We've talked all year long, except for the last few weeks, really about how Jacob Markstrom could be better. So there's still lots of improvement for this group. I just I thought it was important. And if you want to, again, listen to that full interview. It's up wherever you get your podcast, The Big Show, uh, with Rustic and Rose. That entire conversation with Corey Sarich is up uh, on their podcast. Flames and Golden Knights tonight, 8 o'clock puck drop, 7 o'clock Flames warm up uh, with Pat and Peter. We'll take a break, come back on the other side, get you some game day audio from Vegas, including uh, associate coach Kirk Muller speaking about tonight's game. That's coming up on the other side here. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Tonight, Flames going for their first win in Las Vegas. An 0-7-1 record in eight meetings this year. They came close earlier this season, but let the Golden Knights back into the game and eventually lost it in overtime thanks to an Alex Petrangelo OT winner. Jonathan Quick, your projected starter for the Golden Knights. He is 4-0 since being acquired in a trade with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Nothing confirmed for Calgary, but would expect that they go with Jacob Markstrom. Let's head to Vegas and hear from uh, some of the Calgary Flames today, starting with associate coach Kirk Muller handling the media duty for the coaches today. He spoke uh, from Las Vegas about tonight's matchup against the Golden Knights. 
Well, maybe just start with um, tonight, this building. Uh, we know it, it can be a challenge. It's got uh, obviously a little bit of jump to it. Um, you know, what is the challenge facing, facing your group here tonight? Well, I think you yeah, look at your opponent, you know, in the last game in here, I think the big thing is consistency through three periods. They, you know, they, that's what they do well. Uh, they got an experienced team and, you know, they're fast and quick through the neutral zone and, and they, you know, like to score in the rush. So, I think we got to manage the puck well. We got to play well defensively and check well. But uh, when we get opportunities to go, we got to play fast and counter quickly and catch the catch their forwards. Well, and, and that that is uh, kind of going back to that game here last time. The fact that you put yourselves in a position there in that third period, but it's about finishing that, I guess, right? When you get that opportunity. Yeah, like killer instinct, you know. And sure. we've had that opportunities that you know when, when when they present themselves, you know, we got to bury it. And you know, it's a it's a league where you let teams hang around. You know, they're they're gonna. Uh, you know, find ways to stay in the game. So, uh, so we got you know we got to have three solid periods. So obviously to do that, we got to have a real good start. And like you say, this rink is, uh, you know, it's loud and uh, it's a it's a fun place to play. So it's good energy for our guys. How have you have you liked the pace of your group here over the last uh, couple of games? I I know maybe the one on home ice aside, but um, you know where are you seeing it right now in terms of that that pace? Well, I, I think it's. Uh, we are at our best, you know, when, when we manage the puck and managing yeah. the puck is putting it in the right areas. And but you know, you know, skating and, and, and execution, you know, like passing and, and receiving, like it's like hockey one on one. But yeah. but but the game, you don't, you know, you're not supposed to make it complicated. It's supposed to be about skill. And when we do that well, and we skate and we support the puck, and we have five guys coming up together, then that's when we're most effective. And we just have to do that more consistently. What are you seeing right now on the uh, on the power play? I know you guys have kind of switched some things up here, you know, in recent times. There's some personnel and moving things around, but what are you seeing right now in terms of that movement and um, opportunities? Yeah, it's it's two different looks, you know. Really, when you look at it, you know, you got uh, Lindy and Toff, or two righties up top, and with their unit, and or uh, and, and uh, so it gives them, you know, more. We're getting, we're moving the puck, you know, quicker, which is opening up more shots, you know. And uh, with the other unit, it's more about attacking and using all five guys and. Packing from down low, and here we got Kadri and, and Johnny on on the flanks, you know, or lefties, and uh, so so really, it's just two different looks. But at the end of the day, it's the same thing when we move it quick and uh, use the whole ozone. Uh, it you know opens up for shots and you know second, third opportunities. Heard there's some guys in this league we consider lifers. Is it still kind of strange, even though it's only four games in, to see Jonathan Quick wearing gold and not silver? <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, you know, he's accomplished so much, you know, in his career, you know, obviously with the championships and that. So, you know, but, uh, you know, it's what happens when you, you know, have that longevity. You're, you know, chances are you, you will move to another team. And, uh, you, know, he's a, you know, he's a winner. He's a competitor. And uh, he's, he's been a good goalie. There you go. Flames coach Kirk Muller, associate coach Kirk Muller, handling the uh, media duties today in Las Vegas. Flames and Golden Knights coming up tonight at the end of a two-game road trip for the Calgary Flames. They're coming off a loss to Arizona. Golden Knights have won four in a row, 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. And a couple of things Kirk mentioned in that interview. Yeah, important, you know, to have good periods for this team, especially closing out games. We've talked all year about the one-goal games for the Calgary Flames, but you dive a little bit more into that, you know, per Sportsnet stats, the numbers when they're leading by one goal in the third period or tied in the third period, not good for the Calgary Flames. They're the second-worst goal differential with a one-goal lead in the third period 
uh, whether they're tied or not, and that's a minus 14 goal differential. So if they've got a one-goal lead or they're tied in the third period, their goal differential is minus 14. The teams around them, the Sharks lead that category at minus 18. The Habs are at minus 12. Stars at minus 8. Flyers at minus 7. With the exception of the Stars, those are all non-playoff teams. Teams that are well out of the playoff conversation, in fact. So that's clear indicator right there that the Flames, and we know it because we've seen it all year long, have to buckle down more in the third period when they have a lead or when they're tied because clearly a minus 14 goal differential, not going to get it done. And you heard Kirk Muller there also asked at the end of that conversation about seeing Jonathan Quick in Golden Knights colors now. He's been a star for them since coming over from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yes, you'll remember the trade deadline madness that saw Jonathan Quick dealt off to Columbus in a deal that saw Gavrikov and Corpusalo sent to L.A. He was upset about it. His tenure in L.A. ends very unceremoniously. And then the Pacific Division rivals to the Kings, the Vegas Golden Knights, pick him up for almost nothing from Columbus. And he has been great. He's your projected starter tonight. He is a 4-0 record with Vegas, including a win Tuesday against the Flyers. 2.22 goals against a 930 save percentage. Those are a lot better than his numbers with the Kings this year. He had an 11-13-4 record with the Kings. It's obviously a much smaller sample size, but still, the numbers are drastically different. Make it a 3.50 goals against with LA and an 876 save percentage with the Kings compared to the 930 he's rocking with Vegas right now. So it's a very motivated goaltender right now in Jonathan Quick, and that's who the Flames will likely be going up against tonight in goal for the Golden Knights. I want to hear from Tyler Toffoli as well. He spoke to the media. Quick uh, session with Tyler today. One of the Flames' most consistent forwards uh, on what his team needs to execute tonight if they want to come out of Vegas with their first win. All the guys are are out here now and um, just trying to stay loose and and getting prepared for tonight. Uh, let's talk about uh, tonight. Obviously, the stakes kind of remain the same. Uh, you talk about this Vegas team. What is the challenge here tonight and the mindset for your group? Yeah, I think uh, we came in here last time and obviously had a really good first half of the game. Then things kind of uh, slipped away. But um, I think we just got to be prepared and um, be ready for a really good team. They're playing really good hockey right now. Yeah, I mean, elements of that game, when you kind of think back to it, uh, it what stands out in terms of what you guys did well and, and what put you in the position there in the third to... I thought we, we played fast. I thought we uh, we moved the puck really well, and um, we were really good on the forecheck. And obviously that uh, that helps when when they like to play fast and and they try and use their speed. So if we uh, can maintain that and, and play a, a good hard game, then I think we're, we'll be in a good spot. With 14 games left, uh, what is the feeling right now? I, I know uh, you still got some you know some hills to climb here, but but what is the feeling? About- uh, I think I think we uh, we got to treat every game like uh, like it's our last, and, and we got to win. We got to w- win every single game. So um, we got to be ready to go tonight and uh, and start from here. Uh, a little bit odd to see Jonathan Quick in a different uniform, or what's uh, what kind of uh, the feeling when you see that? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's obviously a big change for him uh, and his family. But um, from everything I've I've kind of heard, it's it's been going pretty smooth for him, and um, you know it's going to be a good test for us tonight. He's playing really good. Yes, former L.A. King teammate 
with Jonathan Quick. Uh, Tyler Toffoli with a couple words there on the newest goaltender for the Vegas Golden Knights and the early success that Jonathan Quick has had uh, in the gold colors in Vegas. Uh, Tyler Toffoli, so far this season, 26 goals, 30 assists for 56 points. Uh, He's been probably the most consistent offensive player for this Flames team all year long and uh, still searching just a couple points away from tying a career high back in 2015-2016. He set his career high in points in a season with 58. Needs just two more to match that. Uh, His most goals in a season, you would have to go back to that same season where he scored 31. He's five away from doing that. So for Tyler Toffoli, a bit of a personal milestone watch here, of course, Wins the most important thing for him in this group right now, but on a personal level, uh, it has been a great season for Tyler Toffoli and the Flames. We'll need more of that down the stretch, especially starting tonight against the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, so Flames, Golden Knights coming up a, a little bit later. Uh, I know Haley's going to dive into that during Hockey Central 960. Same with Pat during Flames Talk. But uh, before we head out today, wanted to uh, flash you back to last night, a matchup between the Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues. Not much to do with the standings, but these two teams very familiar with each other, division rivals, and uh, as things started to slip away last night for St. Louis, uh, the usual figure that loses his cool in net uh, did his thing again, losing his cool in net, and he's got a meeting with the Department of Player Safety for Jordan Bennington uh, after giving up three goals in a row. Uh, you'll hear here from the call from TNT last night. Uh, getting into it with Minnesota, and we got robbed of another goalie fight thanks to the linesman. Here's the scene last night in St. Louis. He found Hartman, and the Blues, Bennington coming after him. Hartman skated through Bennington's area and clipped him on the way by in celebration. And Flurry's over there. Come all the way down to drop oh, the gloves, but the linesman has a hold of Bennington. Oh, let him go. Holy jumping. Marc-Andre Fleury trying to get at him, but the linesman won't let him. Bennington taking exception after the goal by Hartman. He had a slight bump in. Bennington went at him right away while the Wild were celebrating. Marc-Andre Fleury with no hesitation at all. And Bennington wants this crowd going. Where's Rick Flair? It is wrestling night here in St. Louis. The crowd is in the mood. Ryan Galloway and David Brisebois, the linesmen, are not. We are robbed of another goalie fight in the NHL, and you heard Darren Pang on TNT. Let him go at it. Let him go at it. The linesmen were having none of it last night. Jordan Bennington lets in his fifth of the game to Ryan Hartman, who, as he cuts through the net, I guess, Clips Bennington with his skate uh, around the pad area. Bennington, being the typical hothead that he is, uh, loses his mind. Goes after Hartman while he's celebrating the goal. Blocker straight to the mouth of Hartman. Everybody grabs a partner. Marc-Andre Fleury makes his way down the ice. He takes off the helmet and gloves and blocker. He wants to go with Jordan Bennington. The refs do not allow it. The linesmen both grab a hold of the goaltenders and escort them away. Uh, Jordan Bennington, as you heard there, pumping up the crowd. 
uh, getting the St. Louis Blues fans all fired up after he uh, gave up the game's leading goal in his fifth of the night. I am so sick of this act from Jordan Bennington. I'll take you back to just December 3rd when head coach Craig Berube said, we just need him to stop pucks. We don't need all this other stuff. Just stop the puck. And Jordan Bennington clearly unable to do that. Listen to the Minnesota Wild post game last night, hearing from Hartman and others. When they tied the game at four, the TNT cameras caught Jordan Bennington jawing with the Minnesota bench. And it's just become all too easy for other teams to clearly get in the headspace of Jordan Bennington. And you know, sooner than later, he's going to pull one of these stunts. We've seen it do it. He tried against Nazem Kadri when he was a member of the Colorado Avalanche. He um, did it to Eric Carlson. He did the little fake jab with the blocker to Carlson. And Devin Dubnik got in his face in San Jose not all that long ago. But Jordan Bennington, just the ultimate tough guy, once a linesman has a hold of him or his opponent. Very quick to to pump up the great job, Jordan. You nailed it, man. Your team's losing five four. Great job. You've you really showed them how to score on you five times in a game and lose to your division rivals. Like what is this guy proving? Like I just I do not understand, and his teammates have to be exhausted at this point. Like you've just given up the the lead in the game to Minnesota. And the next thing you know, your goaltender is picking fights with the Minnesota Wild players. And you have no choice because not only is that your teammate, that's your goaltender, you have to go in there and stick up for him. But you don't want any part of that. You're more focused on the fact that you just lost the lead. Like, I don't know, Cam Taylor, am I, am I nuts here and thinking I just I can't stand this guy, and I really would have wished, not only because goalie fights are awesome, they're one of the best things in sport. But man, would I have loved for Marc Andre Fleury or any goaltender to finally get a hold of Jordan Bennington and just stop the nonsense. I mean, I would have loved to see Marc Andre Fleury just pummel him so badly. Like, who wouldn't have wanted to see Marc Andre Fleury whoop some Jordan Bennington? Yeah, I'd pay to see that. I'd be okay with that. Is that worth the price of, price of admission for a, to see a Blues game? I'd say so. Sign me up for the pay per view of Marc Andre Fleury and Jordan <laughs> Bennington. And then someone on the text line says at 960960, Hartman's a bit of a. A Richard there, though. And yes, but that's the point. Because you know Bennington is going to lose his mind. It's so easy to rile up Bennington that they know that if they do it, they're going to get under his skin and start winning. A hundred percent. Could not have said it better. Well, what's the game plan every single time that you play this guy? Guys, give him a little bump. You know, poke a little bit after, and you know this guy's going to blow his top and wind up costing them, taking an unnecessary penalty, getting himself ejected from the game. It's too e- It's too predictable. 
And on top of it, it's so predictable from the guy that's never been in a fight in his NHL life. He loves, Jordan Bennington loves the the scrappiness. He loves to take a shot at somebody when they're, you know, scoring a goal. But as soon as the, the linesmen show up, then he's he's good to pump up the crowd. And, like, do you understand how silly you look doing that? You just let in your fifth goal of the game. You're being escorted off the ice. I don't really know if that's the time to to give me the old crowd pump up like you just won something. You didn't win anything. Like, sir, you did absolutely nothing. No. no. What is it? What is your teammates? What are your teammates on the bench thinking right now? Jordan, please. Oh, please God, stop. not again. Can we just not? Please, please stop pumping up the crowd. We're losing 5-4, sir. And we're just about to be on the penalty kill because you just blockered a guy in the mouth. And by the way, which he does receive a match penalty for that and will have a, a phone conversation with the Department of Player Safety. Would not stun me at all if he is suspended a, a game or two for this. Uh, as uh, I'm sure it'd be, it'd be great to ask Brent Cron this question, uh, our goaltending analyst here on Sportsnet 960, but uh, I know players are not a fan of goaltenders using that blocker as a weapon. If you've never felt one, it is a sturdy piece of equipment and can do some damage when he wants to. So, you know, Bennington wants to, you know, give him a a face wash or whatever. I guess that's different, but for him to stick in hand, give one to to Ryan Hartman with his blocker on, I don't think sat well with many members of the Minnesota Wild. I just, I don't know how long this goes on. Feels like every couple of months, and I'm sure Taylor. I'm sure you remember the. He, I think he swung the stick at Caudry. Was the Colorado one? And then yeah, in the playoffs, or he threw the water bottle. Yeah, at him? he threw the water bottle at him. Yeah. But he also had that stick swinging one. And then he had the one I, men- I mentioned against Carlson. Remember the? I think I don't know if the game was over. The period was over. But he's skating down the ice because the locker room entrance in San Jose is in one of the corners. It's not off the bench. And he goes by Carlson. He gives him one of those one of those ones you always give like your little brother or something. Like you fake like you're going to punch him. And Carlson, of course, he's like, whoa, what are you doing? Stop. Relax. And then he goes by and Dubnik's, you know, getting in his face like, dude, what are you doing? Stop being a maniac for four seconds. Like but what, what's the point of it though? Like what are what you what understand. are you doing exactly? That's what I don't understand. Is I think his teammates are going to get sick of it sooner than later. His coach is already sick of it. To me, it's just I don't know. At five four, when you just let in what wound up being the game winning goal, I don't know that it really does any good. It's also hilarious that he does this in the playoffs, too, because, like, he hasn't won a playoff game since 2019. Yeah, since they won the Stanley Cup. Uh, <laughs> this text says, your take is sad. He is great for the game. My, my only take on it is that Jordan Bennington is fake tough guy. And I wonder how his teammates feel about it when it's 5-4 
and he just let in his fifth goal of the game and then decides to go after a Minnesota Wild player. That's my take. I wanted the goalie fight. I love it from an entertainment aspect. I still frequently go back and replay the Cam Talbot-Mike Smith fight from a couple of years ago. It's a great thing. I still think it's one of the more entertaining things. The fans were going nuts last night. It was great. My take is with Bennington constantly being that guy who, by the way, never fights. That's what I don't get. And to Taylor's, you know, extra point there, what does it do for, what is it doing for the team? His teammates, do his teammates love it? He just let in his fifth goal last night and then took a penalty. I don't know that his teammates love it. His coach just two months ago told him to cut the antics and just stop the puck. I don't know that his teammates really love it all that much. He's a good goaltender. He's fallen off since he won his Stanley Cup with the Blues. Hasn't been quite as good. But yeah, it's just he's that guy that continues to do this and never actually gets in a fight. I wonder if he eventually will. But it would have been great if it was Marc Andre Fleury last night, and Fleury was a willing combatant. That's got to be like a fan favorite goaltender, Taylor, going up against one of the least favorite goaltenders in the league, right? Like, who hates Marc Andre Fleury? How can you? I don't think you can. He's just a ball of fun. He was down for it. He came rustling down there. He had his gloves off. He had. He his... was ready to rock and roll. He said it post game. He's like, "Yeah, I've never fought in my career, but I was going to stick up for my guys." It was a strong linesman, though. He was not having any of it. Too bad. Would have been fun. Would have added some excitement to uh, to a game that didn't really matter for the St. Louis Blues, but winds up being another big win for the Minnesota Wild and. Uh, if you miss it, Alex Goligoski scores a goal to make it 6-4 last night. After he does, he has a little bit of a, we'll call it a mocking celebration of uh, Jordan Bennington's pump up the crowd. He does uh, one of his own. Wild wind up winning that game 8-5, the final. Two shootout wins last night, Capitals over the Sabres. Uh, 5-4, Avs beat the Toronto Maple Leafs 2-1. Islanders 6-3 winners over the Ducks. Thank you to Pete Labardius and Adnan Verk for joining us on the program today. We'll be back for a Friday edition of the program tomorrow, breaking it all down and getting you set for the Flames and Stars on a Saturday. That's on tomorrow's edition of Sportsnet Today here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.